hello and welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Levitt, and this week we are going we are going to be taking a look at Spider-Man No Way Home. I almost said smite Spider Way No Man Home or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no man. <laughs> And this time around, that's basically yeah. that. That's that's what I say whenever I encounter a bug. There, spider. <laughs> this is the spider way. There is no man home because I'm leaving. Or uh, alternatively, spider way. Uh, no, no. Wait, that's what I said the first time. <laughs> spider. Wait. Spider bomb. Spider no. Spider no. Spider. Man way home. Spider home. No way, man. <laughs> I like spider no man way home personally but um anyway i'm joined this time around well manway is the first and mightiest of the (laughs) this time i'm joined by two of my fellow nerds nerds who can introduce themselves who have i been hearing hi my name is colin ketchin uh big fan of the spider man not a fan of spiders and i had too much dessert so i'm drinking water to sort of get my head back i am struggling are you a fan of home uh i'd never leave it so i must be and are you a fan of the way i mean as a fan of sonic the hedgehog <laughs> i'm very familiar with the meme that you are trying to get me to say whether you know it or not I know it. um and who else hi you may look at me and just think i'm just your average run-of-mill guy hey not caring the world motherfucker God, you'd be wrong what? this is my burden I am Chowder. <laughs> Nobody could know that my real name is Tybal Chowdery. So I Who could have thought it? See, Chowder is really one of those uh one of those Danny Fenton type superheroes who's like, Oh, my real name is Danny Fenton yeah. and my superhero <laughs> name is Danny Phantom. And I look exactly the same except I yeah. have white hair, but my parents can't recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, I guess they man. know their son is alive, so why would they think his son, their son is dead? Okay, but that's like well, Danny Phantom's parents did deal. They no, his parents did deal with ghosts a lot, though, so they should be like pretty primed to be that. That'd be like. That'd be like if you guest starred in Star Trek and I didn't notice you. <laughs> like if Jeff did, if Jeff didn't notice, sure, he's probably not thinking well, about Star Trek. I would be like Chowder. Why didn't you no, tell me this? No, what it would really be like is like if Colin saw one of us in Star Trek and he goes and he went, "Well, I know Jeff's not in Star Trek, so this must be a completely different person with no relationship, <laughs> even though he yeah. looks and sounds exactly like him." And I'm also not going to bring up the fact that they look and sound exactly like each other. As far as I'm concerned, I'm looking at. <laughs> stranger because i've already been introduced to the information that jeff is not in star trek (laughs) all right yeah well thematically the movie we're discussing really does sort of torpedo the whole whichever you prefer when it comes to dis which identity we're talking about Um, all right guys we are going to start off by summarizing and discussing our topic and then we're going to end off with our little rating section where we decide if uh if the movie was worthwhile and enjoyable all yeah. right yeah the, so, so to, to I mean, yeah, are we just, just jumping jump right in, in. we yeah going in so cold? to get on into the summary so yeah, let's okay, hold on 
let's let's hold on. Let's let's say this. Hold on. First of all, first of all, uh, yeah, spoilers. for sure. No, but, big, 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 just big gigantic <laughs> fucking spoilers. If you have not seen, if you have not seen Spider Home No Way Man, uh, we are going to discuss the intimate details of this film. One of the few very spoilable yeah. films out there. Uh, if you care about such a thing, I'm actually texting a friend of mine right now, and she and her husband went to go see the movie, and she's like, "I didn't know anything about it, and I had such a good time." My husband and I know this guy, real nice guy, chill, smart. Great. Love this dude. Went up Oof. on Reddit, looking at trailers, watching interviews, and reading posts about it voluntarily, like, before going to see <laughs> some the people movie. Don't, some people are, like, impervious to spoilers. Like, I know my... I was talking... I just, uh, like, but even so, why would you, like... Why would you, re- like... Un- what's the point of watching the movie if you're just gonna read it I was, first? Uh, I mean, I was talking if you have some my, incredible Spider-Man-related anxieties... I was talking anxieties. to my grandma, and she was talking about how she, like reads up on the plots of her like mystery shows to decide if that would be an episode that she would mm-hmm. like or not before she watches it i'm like that's the it's a mystery <laughs> yeah okay that's it that's yeah. kind of what i'm saying like there are some things that are just inherently meant to be like seen in a linear yeah. fashion i mean to be fair <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into this in a bit everything mm. like that in spider-man i think is all like for the spectacle you know, because like even all of mm. us who hadn't had it spoiled kind of knew that these things were happening anyway. But if you're yeah. going to see it, if you're going to see it in the theaters, you're inherently buying yeah. into the spectacle. If they watch this in two years on fucking Super Sony pl- Plus Max, whenever that comes out, well, sometimes, like, sometimes then I you get just it. Like to... But you're going to see it in the theaters. Actually, interesting question. In the theaters we... during a gigantic wave of the pandemic, uh, when you have a small child. <laughs> And like, you're clearly trying to engage with it on that level, and you're just like, nah, I'm just gonna read it all first. It's no, just it's strange, strange to, to me, me too. I'm just saying it's not unheard of. <laughs> I mean, for some people, like the the idea of like spoilers aren't really like a big deal for them. It's yeah. more about the execution of the idea, I guess. So. Right. Yeah. I under I understand that, but even putting spoilers aside, I think like being surprised, like not like, oh, you ruined the movie. Like spoilers implies that a movie can be ruined. Mm-hmm. And honestly, all the spoilers we're gonna discuss in this movie, I don't really no, think they're spoilers. Yeah. But going in and not knowing yeah. the things, it's still yeah, nice. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know I don't know why you would seek that out was, ahead of time. <laughs> I was uh oh I mean, okay, so fucking we already said big spoilers, so what I'm about to say is again a spoiler that we haven't talked about yet. But I was uh, I was with my girlfriend and her uh, and her siblings in their in their mom's living room, and mm-hmm. Michaela, my girlfriend, hasn't seen it yet, but both of her siblings had, and they were like talking about it. And Michaela was like, "Wait, I haven't seen it. Don't say anything." Oh, no. And then her sister starts going like starts talking about how TM shows up in it. And Michaela's like, you think I don't know what that means? <laughs> and she's like, stop saying anything. I don't want to hear it. And then there's Christ. like a second of silence. And then her sister turns to her brother and goes, TM. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no shit, motherfucker. Shut up. Don't, don't you go oh citing God. the old law. I was there when it was written. <laughs> Christ. This is uh, yet another movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, it is still in that same continuity. Uh, We're picking up pretty much right after Spider-Man 
literally during the post credit sequence of Spider-Man. Yeah, Far right. Which, I mean, I guess, you know, we don't know how much distance was between the end of that movie proper and the post credits. Uh, I would I would think at least sometime, right? Uh, no, no, it, no. The the end of the movie and the post credits, it was it was literally like a cut. Like they're swinging around the city, and then, oh yeah, uh, he uh, Spider Man puts uh, MJ down, and she's like, "I never want to do that again." And then, bam, uh, J.K. Simmons okay. pops up on the screen. Like it is, th- it is, and they say in this movie, it's literally, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to swat the hell out of you. And even in No Way Home, they do say that this movie's beginning incidents take place one week ah. after uh, the showdown with Mysterio Yeah, so this in is very so fresh. It's very, very yeah. immediate. Um, so, that yeah, so basically the same thing that happened in the post-credits. Peter Parker gets docs, he gets revealed to the world, and then they basically have this sort of, uh, this ensuing drama where, like, people are... Uh, saying that he murdered Mysterio because, like, Mysterio selectively clipped together thing, you know, clips of Peter saying, like, oh, execute all of them when he was talking about destroying the drones and stuff like that. So he's making him look like a real bad guy fucking in his grave. Yeah. Um, And, and, And they did something with Mysterio that they've been doing a lot in the MCU stuff, especially on Disney+, Plus, which is, like, really trying to make all the big villain things be polarizing incidents in the way everything is in american culture right now like thanos is right mysterio is right like all that that keeps happening all over the place and i i I like like it that scene in hawkeye where he's like looking at like the urinal that had thanos was right like it's played so seriously but i could just i it was just funny to me yeah just like it was funny, but like, but if you want to engage with the seriousness, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier set that sentiment up pretty clearly and explicitly. Yeah. So I, I think that it's like in these is executed simply, but it's it's playing on the strengths of the MCU in a pretty. And it's also funny fun how they've uh, how like I don't think this is properly revealed. I guess if you want to call it a reveal till later, but they the version of the daily bugle in the mcu is like a basically like an alex Mm -hmm. jones type podcast of like conspiracy theories which is uh big yeah which is pretty funny i mean like you know it's probably doing uh when when they revealed that at the end of far from home i was like this is the perfect adaptation well it's probably doing a bit of a disservice i think to j jonah jameson's j jonah jameson in the comics but it, it it fucking it fits. Yeah, but we already got that. We already got those movies. Yeah. We don't yeah, need I that mean, again. The actual J. Jonah Jameson, like in the comics and stuff, while he may be like, you know, a dick to Spider Man. Overall, he He's like is a, a news reporter of integrity. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So so like well, here. Fun. Well, fun thing later. Later in this movie, we uh, it starts off with a uh, with um. J. Jonah Jameson being displayed as sort of like a grimy opportunist. You see him on like a green screen in like a messy basement (laughs) and he's just like making a big stink out of this. But as the movie goes on, we do get to see he has like a message that is not strictly divisive, which I thought was was nice and didn't totally Uh, let the character slip in the farce. You can't really go back. Like when you make him like Alex Jones, you know, (laughs) oh yeah, what if he's, you know, got like a little more depth. Alex Jones is comically evil yeah i'm not and you can't really go past yes i i respect that interpretation so the uh, the opening bit of this movie is a fun bit of business because it's just a very kind of farcical slapstick like one shot as they're 
uh, you know, May and Happy are breaking up as um, MJ and Peter sneak in. Yeah, like the beginning of the movie, it's like just Spider-Man and MJ trying to trying to just get away from all the people who are hounding them now that the secret's out. And uh, they end up in, uh, you know, they end up going back to who uh, Peter Parker's apartment uh, wh- where Colin was describing MJ or not MJ. May uh, and Happy. May and Happy breaking up. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I was kind of surprised at how this movie started because we'd all been, like, conditioned for this spectacle that brings a bunch of different Spider-Man movies together. But, like, then we immediately start with this very intimate, goofy bit of just people screaming, are you going to have his spider babies <laughs> as they, like, tumble through the apartment and everything. I thought that whole beginning montage just kind of really made me laugh. The debriefing by the FBI, them going back to school. It's, I don't know, it 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 felt very much like the tone of Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. Uh, and I was surprised that they like they held on to that from the rip. I was like expecting it to dive in, and they immediately uh, tell us, we're not going to worry about Peter's legal troubles because one special <laughs> lawyer shows up to say he's fine. Yeah. Oh, which is- also, I do appreci- appreciate that uh, uh, Aunt May and Happy broke up because like in the first two, like in Homecoming and Far From Home, the entirety of Aunt May's character is basically, ha ha ha, she's young and sexy. Yeah. Aunt May can get it. Yeah. Mow. Yeah, but, pretty much. You know, in this movie, yeah. they actually give her a character. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah. No, it's uh, a strong turn by Marisa Tomei, but another strong turn by Charlie Cox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as Colin was alluding to, we get revealed in a very, like, this is like incredibly intentional because there's a lot of speculation about whether or not Charlie Cox as Daredevil slash Matt Murdock was going to show up in this. And there's just like a quick shot where it's just like Kane hits the ground, boom, his face. And there's no big reveal or is, you know, I mean, it's a big reveal in its own way, but it's very like, boom, right out there. <laughs> it's just like, I, yes, uh, he's so here. <laughs> I, I've seen this movie twice in theaters. The first time I saw it was an IMAX preview. IMAX previews I like to go to, especially during COVID, because they're usually so empty. Not this one. And holy crap, the eruption of noise when his face showed up yeah. on the screen. I saw it with my partner who has not watched the Daredevil show, and she's like, why is everyone happy? I'm like, just trust me, it's good. Just trust me. It's very, very good yeah. that Daredevil's back. Yeah, no, my sister, um, like, But that's it. That's all he was in, him, and so. I think that's all That's all they needed to do. That was just <laughs> Kevin Feige saying, shut up, we got him, also, enjoy I your fucking, movie. I adored the bit where, like, some, you know, crazy person throws a brick through their window, and Matt Murdock, the blind lawyer, just turns back him and catches the brick in, in midair, and they're all looking at him like, what the fuck? How did you do that? And he's just like, I'm a very good lawyer. <laughs> I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> Which is yeah, just... that made me laugh. So yeah. here we get thrust into the into the plot proper. Um, where Peter is is dealing with the fallout of being ID'd as Spider-Man. He and his friends are getting a lot of flack, and they get denied entry to MIT because and of the controversy. every other school they apply to. So he asked Doctor Strange. I'm just saying. <laughs> Lots of people don't get into MIT, you know? <laughs> But it was explicitly because of the controversy. Like they they t- they made sure to tell us that there no no ambiguity in this story, and and uh, so they uh, he approaches Doctor Strange and says, "Hey, can I uh, can I just make everyone forget that?" Well, no, no, no. He he he's like, like uh, talks to Doctor Strange. Is like, is there a way you can 
go back in time and make it so I never get revealed. And Doctor Strange is like, oh yeah, I, I don't have the time stone stone anymore. And even then, that would be bad. And like Wong, Wong is like, hey, uh, yeah, too bad you can't make him forget. And he's like, wait, I bet. Here's an idea. What if we just made everyone forget? Wong's like, no, don't do it. And Strange is like, come on, man. And he's like. So my favorite bit of MCU stuff here, uh, and this is another moment that like totally flew under the radar for, uh, but can we talk about the fact that Doctor Strange is not the Sorcerer Supreme? <laughs> yeah. <Wong> yeah. Is? <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. that I love was, that. That's a great that touch. That took my breath away. I really enjoyed this, like the fucking bureaucracy of the blip, making it so that oh no, this is not he's Doctor Strange. Good, is not honestly, important. that fucking Wong is the one who's in charge since he'd been studying there for God knows how long or whatever, and then this this white dude just shows up and then yeah. suddenly becomes the boss. Like fuck you. <laughs> But also Wong's authority is immediately undercut because he's standing up for the rules just as he did yeah. in Doctor Strange and then immediately says, all right, you can do it. Just yeah. leave me out of it. And then he yes, no, off. I, they're I, 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 I Scott, know. this has to be intentional at this point. It has to be just a running, an intentional running joke that Wong is just like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Yeah. yeah. The, the <laughs> multiverse is collapsing. Y'all hear something? Not me. Fuck y'all. The two, I mean, the two instances we saw of him in Shang-Chi were fighting Abomination and walking into an Asian restaurant calling out Shang-Chi's name like he is actually the, a yeah. busboy or something or a sir or like a... Well, because like, I mean, you know, not to get back to Shang-Chi, but like it was implied, right, that the, the fight with him in Abomination was like he was like training him, right? Because then he talks to him. It was implied, but he was also having sure. a lot of fun. I know, but, but also yeah. <laughs> then there's Infinity War where, where like you know the whole Thanos thing is going down, and Wong's like, I can't, Sanctum's unguarded, and then fucks right off. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's got to protect uh, that Sanctum. And that's like, true, and that's, that's not true. me complaining. I love that he's... about his character. Just like, y'all, you're some. Yeah, he he contains multitudes. It's kind of like Wong is turning. For me, Wog is sort of turning into like this phase's yeah. uh, Phil Coulson. The fun of Phil Coulson in the early movies is like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and then by the time we finally get to know a little more about him, he gets knifed in the back. And right now, I'm just like, what the fuck is Wong doing? He's the Sorcerer Supreme, and he's going to underground boxing matches in China. What the fuck? You know, he's got some. He's there. He's like the. I like the underground boxing thing because when he, if he's like training him, he's basically like rehabilitating this this guy right so he's like it's kind yeah. of like you know being like oh yeah the the sorcerer like fucking organization doesn't just like sit back and do nothing like they do you know rehabilitation and humanitarian work in some form at least right like it, it yeah. makes it feel more present it is it is at least a stark contrast it, it is at least a contrast between his leadership and that of tilda swinton which was basically just sit back and let yeah. people go crazy he's at least like let me train up all these fishmen so that we have a super army for Thanos mm -hmm. too. <laughs> um, so the spell goes wrong because Doctor Strange implies, and, and I thought the trailer gave yeah. away too much. The trailers gave away too much about this spell casting, but when we actually got into the spell, I didn't. 
I guess I didn't totally get from the trailers, maybe I'm just stupid, that even Doctor Strange and the Avengers were going to forget him, and that was, like, dropped and kind of the inciting incident as to why Peter interrupts the spell for people to forget he's Spider-Man, is that he wants he wants Doctor Strange to remember. He wants Happy to remember, May to remember. Like, like Doctor Strange just dove right in without, like, telling Peter of of the ramifications of this spell and it's just like Yeah, it did feel a little, it did feel a little shysty. Like, hey, sign here and I'll make you rich beyond your wildest yeah. dreams. It felt That's kind of what it, it was, felt like to me a little like bit. That was like one instance of like, mm, okay, that's kind of lazy writing, right? Because like, you know, because like he wouldn't have done that. Like it felt natural in the moment as like an order of an events, but then you like think back and you're like well, would he have just started casting the spell without explaining to him that his girlfriend wouldn't remember him? Like, you're talking to a high schooler. Like, that's nonsense. Yeah. Once again, though, and also this he, movie he, has no yeah. time. Also, for he's that. a doctor, <laughs> so like, that's what I was about to say. He is a fucking physician. He understands how paperwork fucking goes. Yeah, but he has no. Bedside he also manner. knows that you gotta inform the patient of what's what the procedure is. You yeah. know? So. Yeah. I'm. So, Maybe maybe he secretly bumped against the bureaucracy of being I a mean, physician, and this has finally freed him to be the careless monster also, he always to be wanted fair, to be. He's a surgeon. He's he's not a you know like I don't I don't know about I don't know too much about like how hospitals operate, but usually I don't think you're you're not really one on one having conversations with the surgeon. Like they're just the people doing the the cutty bits. That's fair. You know? That's True. fair. Anyway, fair. that's an, an, yeah. enough about jo- Doctor so Strange's the, motivations. Yeah. Um, the the spell goes wrong and uh doctor strange is like oh gotta uh contain this spell and like he like traps the spell in a little box and he's like listen if i didn't stop this spell the multiverse would have gone fucky and we don't want the multiverse to go fucky man and and get hey guys guess what happened hey can you guess can you guess what happened the multiverse gone fucky it went just to also just just as clarification here because this was something I don't think I totally like registered first like first time all the way through mm-hmm. watching the movie is that the first time they were casting the spell they weren't making people forget that Peter Parker existed they were just making people forget that he was Spider Man no they were right? yeah so it's like. That- it's yeah. not like the yes. Avengers yes. would have, you know, in Doctor Strange's defense, I guess, you know, it's not like the Avengers would have forgot that Spider-Man helped. They would just forget his name. And it's not like the, you know, his friends from high school would have. It would have been easier for him exactly. to pick up the pieces yeah. like, of, of this spell you know, like, than what we eventually who see. Knew, you, you know, already knew him and already knew who Spider-Man was. Then he could just go tell mm-hmm. them again, like, hey, I'm Spider-Man, you know, like. Yeah. But I, this 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 decision of of Peter's because uh, uh, like Doctor Strange gives him he's about to give him what he wants, which is the anonymity yeah. back. But it comes at a cost, and Peter is not willing to pay yeah. that price. And this is like I think the start of the theme of the movie, and and like the willingness to do what it takes. With great power comes great responsibility, and he's just like, but I kind of want to have it all. And he does have it all because all the villains <laughs> appear. Yeah, so like, um, like literally, I thought they were gonna space it out. It was like in fifteen minutes we get Doc Ock and Goblin on the highway, Sandman, Electro, and yeah, from yeah. And if you know, if it's not clear by now, all these villains are from the two previous theatrical iterations of Spider-Man that we've gotten: the Tobey Maguire one and the. And the Andrew Garfield one, like all of the villains are straight ripped out of those movies. 
and for the sake of time and interest, I think getting into yeah. the nitty gritty of like each each person's introduction and like explanation of their circumstances a little much. But I would like to discuss as we go through this how we think each villain is yeah. handled in here because they do some interesting yeah, things right I, off the rip. And, I laughed very hard when the nano suit took over Doc Ock's tentacles. That gave me a big chuckle that he f- could fucking bluetooth pair doc yeah, Ock's tentacles funny. to his watch yeah. i thought that which is like that was goofy wh- i enjoyed that a wh- lot why did doc ock even make it something that could be done like that because like it's it, those it, tentacles well, it's, were meant to stop not, a sun from doing sun shit well it it was i i think what was happening was the fucking the it was the nanites from his tony stark suit that he was controlling, and they wrapped around uh, the tentacles. It looks like the tentacles are about to get yeah. an Iron Man upgrade, but it's basically yeah. like he he hijacked yeah. them. Yeah, so essentially. like you know, uh, Peter tries going to an admissions officer or, or something like that, someone from MIT to like plead the case of, hey, let MJ and Ned mm-hmm. uh, go to MIT. They they have no fault with me being Spider Man, and uh, uh, while he's on. Even though in the beginning of the movie, the FBI agent does immediately pin Ned as an egotistical accomplice yeah. of Spider-Man. <laughs> and while they're on the bridge, uh, Spidey gets attacked by Doc Ock. Uh, they have, they'll have a back and forth and stuff. And, you know, uh, when that fight ends with Spider-Man taking over Doc Ock's tentacles and, like, subduing him, uh, Green Goblin comes in with, like, and he's throwing that weird pumpkin bomb. Did Willem Dafoe already break the mask of the Green Goblin yet? Or no, that happens no. after. No, no. This is at this point we we just we just see him fly up, and as he's about to attack Peter, uh, Doctor Strange swooshes him away and sets him up with the magic teleportation gauntlet that will trap everybody yeah, in the yep. basement. And Doc Ock already had uh, the lizard trapped in one of the magic cage thingies you mean oh not, yeah he was like not, hey yeah fa- not doc I just, Ock, dr strange you mean dr strange i meant dr yeah. strange yes yeah. Too dr many strange doctors. yeah dr strange had already captured the lizard you know beloved villain <laughs> the lizard from 2012's the amazing yeah. spider-man i mean hey okay so here's i don't think there's a whole lot to discuss about the lizard in this he's i think is maybe the he, least he, he, yeah, the lizard, yeah. villains that's brought the lizard's up here. just there to like pat out pat out the uh, the, the, yeah, it's, the, uh, it's fine. Not every villain needs to be focused on. Sometimes you just need a job. Agreed. And that and that's absolutely fine. agreed. Uh, yeah, and I think that the lizard and Sandman absolutely play that role. Well, uh, Sandman at least got a little. Sandman got uh, uh, at least a little bit of something, you know. Yeah. Uh, the uh, that's true. I think it's just that the lizard, even in the 2012, the Amazing Spider-Man was always kind of one track mind anyway. He wasn't a very interesting villain because he was just like, I don't have an arm, but I can give myself an arm. Oh, wait, being a lizard's fucking dope. Y'all should try this, huh? <laughs> like that's the uh, it didn't go beyond yeah, that I mean, beyond like the, literally the mad scientist idea. At least the Green Goblin in the 2002 movie was like he had that same mania, but that was just half of the character that we yeah, saw. And the, uh, there was and intrigue speak, there. And, and Lizard is just like, nah, Oh, man, cool. I want to talk about how they handled Green Goblin because I think uh, there's some great stuff there. We, I, let's we get will there. get there. But, I want to hear uh, your thoughts. But, so, uh, okay. Doctor Strange is like, okay, so you know how I said the multiverse was going to get fucky if I didn't contain the spell? Well, things got a little bit fucky because some people managed to uh, ink into our universe. And all these people 
are people who knew who knew the identity of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, in their universes. Hey, Doc Ock, do you, do you know Spider-Man? Yeah. Do you know his secret identity is Peter Parker? Yeah. Is that Peter Parker? No. And, uh, and it's a very elegant way of explaining multiverse. Yeah, I think I think for for the amount of multi-layered complexity here on both like a diegetic and meta level, this movie fucking flies yeah. and handles those bits of exposition really quickly yeah. and really yeah, yeah. effectively. No, the, it, it, what are the real strengths of the It's kind of like, surprising. It's really impressive like this movie and Spider-Ver in Into the Spider-Verse like how they handle like multiversal universal shenanigans and how they and superhero mm -hmm. and supervillain uh just weirdness with a lot of elegance and a lot of simplicity you know like why do all these guys have power do we need to know their backstory no they're supervillains yeah. it's fine I mean, it's it, it really what these two movies really do is they in, instead of trying to explain this stuff as information, they do what most good film writing does, which is ground everything in a character's journey and perspective. Every time that they're explaining something about the multiverse, it's relative to the experience of the characters being affected by it and not just saying, here are all the rules. Now, remember them because we have two hours yeah. left in yeah. this movie. Yeah, and, you know, it's so, very like, uh, you know, like they're just kind of matter of fact with the fact that this is happening because like, you know, it, it, the, the concept yeah. of the in the way that like an episode of Star Trek would be like, what are all the different possibilities right. we should consider for like, it's not trying to philosophize. It's just like we're in it. We're doing it. Let's go. I, you know, I like how they're very matter of fact about the, the multiverse stuff, because basically like, you know. Most people who have who have seen like sci-fi adjacent things are at least vaguely familiar with the concept of the multiverse, right? And you don't really need to like you got like you said, you don't really need to jump into explaining all of the rules. You can let the audience figure out what the rules are just based on what's actually happening, you know? Cuz so it's it's not they're like, you know, some multiverse stuff they would have like 10 versions of uh of what's his face of uh Tom Holland running around, right? And, like, they did a bit of that in Loki where there was, you know, they already established in Loki that, like, in the other universes, there would be different actors playing the same character, basically. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, yep. you know, you, you get the idea, right? Like, you already notionally understood that, you know, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was not in the same universe as Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Now it's just those are in the same multiverse. So it's like, you know, I, I agree with you. I like yep. the way that it's just like, there, there they are, you know, you get, you understand what's happening here. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't even think much about Loki during this, but you're right, that, like, fully primes all the mechanics. Yeah, for this yeah like, that, not everyone, it, it'd be weird to expect everyone to have watched Loki before No, this. for sure, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm just commenting on the, on the yeah. synergy, like, that was thoughtful and intentional. Somebody had to sit down and look at these, this movie script and this TV script and be like, all right. Well, let's just let's yeah, make it's sure it's almost these like line they. Uh, Honestly, I'm jealous they, of whoever. It's almost that like is. they that have a whole great. ass guy to who's who's supposed to be doing that. Um, but yeah, no, because like uh, like that's something that I yeah. was questioning more while watching Loki because I was just like, okay, wait, but this isn't the same. Like, are because like the you know it was like we oh well, anyway we don't need to get into that because that's all that's more of a discussion on Loki, but 
basically the the kind of thing that gets set up here just to kind of move us through the plot a little bit more right is um you know they meet all of their other villains he do he goes and captures the you know electro from uh the andrew garfield movie and sandman from the toby Maguire movies and then uh, uh willem dafoe kind of comes in and and surrenders himself he breaks the mask because you know it's setting up this whole jekyll and hyde well not it's continuing to set up this whole jekyll and hyde thing with uh yeah, yeah. with nor I, I guess we should call him uh i guess we should call him norman not willem dafoe but you know <laughs> norman osborne norman but, osborne yeah so this it, but willem dafoe really does I, I was that character. I was yeah, really, su- really I was really surprised at how effective this was too because all we see on the bridge scene where we meet Doc Ock is we see Goblin fly in and then we cut away to the to the wizard's basement with Doctor Strange and then the next shot we see of Goblin is him taking his suit off breaking the mask and like you hear the the two voices in his head and if you've watched the 2002 movie you understand that like it's a it's like a dissociative identity it's a split personality thing and here they set it up just by like having two lines of voiceover and a creepy laugh as norman runs away and i was thinking to myself does this make any goddamn sense to someone that has not seen it fortunately i went with someone who has not seen any of the previous (laughs) five spider-man movies and she was like that fucking yeah. ripped ass. You that was idea. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real real quick though, like uh, I did, but I was but I was not that like. Can you look at it and make sense of it? But I'm like, when you're flying through it and you get only ten seconds of this character and then the rest of the movie with them, like, does it jive? It just it felt so rushed to me because I I know the multitudes of this character, but it's just everything yeah. fucking worked for me and for someone who had seen none of it. Yeah. I was real quick, very impressed. In, in like the league of actors with like uh smooth or very like pleasing voices to hear you know your morgan freeman's or your uh i, I think we should probably put willem dafoe in there because like there <laughs> is something like good about hearing willem dafoe's voice his, his voice is is charming well, he's a very and intoxicating he's like he's way. very good at voice work but the re- the reason why you wouldn't put him in the same category as like fucking morgan freeman is because you want willem dafoe to be reading like your fucking halloween special whereas you want morgan freeman to be reading a nature document you know it's like it's a it's a different kind of <laughs> i don't know man <laughs> you know, it's I, like he's got a very uh i could listen like, to a, an attractively creepy voice i would say <laughs> He does what yeah. he does creepy, but, like, man, I could listen to a nature documentary with him doing that, you know, I'm something of a scientist <laughs> myself type guy. That is, that is absolutely Morgan Freeman yeah. vibes. If he carried that through a fucking March of the Penguins 4, I, I'd I watch it. I thought that, yeah. you know, I, like, I, 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 I felt kind of stupid for being surprised by this afterwards because, like, you know, he's a really good actor. But I kind of it kind of caught me off guard just, like, mm-hmm. how incredibly good he is in this movie because, like – yeah. He plays the he same is. character very consistently, but there's just that little bit of there's there's a lot of added depth. Yeah, there there's a lot of added depth to the character where in the first Spider-Man movie you could see elements of like the elements of it, but here it's more emphasized that this is a person who needs help. This yeah. is a mentally ill person who needs help. Like that scene where he's at the at uh, Aunt May's uh, uh what was it? Shoving donuts in his pockets. <laughs> shoving donuts in his pockets. Yeah, he was shoving donuts was shoving in his pockets. Donuts? I didn't see that. <laughs> he, was abso- he was absolutely shoving donuts in his pockets. I, I, I didn't see that, but um, like Aunt May's, uh, what was it? Food kitchen or soup kitchen? Yeah. Shel- 
Soup kitchen, yeah. Uh, when he was at yeah. uh, Aunt May's soup kitchen, like there, there's like this very sympathetic uh, character there, where it's like you do genuinely yeah. feel for him and feel for like the situation he's found. Yeah, himself it, in. it was just really. Like, it was. Just, I'm not gonna lie. It was really interesting mm-hmm. to me that he basically, you know, he's very clearly playing the same character, but it's almost like in the character and like the situation, there's just a complete tonal shift between how he was in the Tobey Maguire movies because of what those movies were and how he is in these movies because of what they yeah. are. You know, because it's like it, all the core elements. Yeah, I know. I think you're there, right. But he was more of a one note so, kind of just crazy person in the Tobey Maguire movies because those movies were very like stylized superhero like comic booky and the mcu yeah you know aside from having a bunch of ridiculous stuff they feel correct. much more yeah, it has much more of this grounded thing where it's like actually exploring the pathos from a performance yeah, standpoint from, I yeah say. no i mean just like even just like the tone of his voice you know it's just like i mean you know obviously he's a lot mm-hmm. older now so he's not going to act exactly the same but you know he's just like there's a lot of like uh, I don't know like more nuance in his voice, yeah, whereas no. in the original ones, it's like every time he I, said a line, you're like, oh, that's a crazy person just waiting to jump out of his skin, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I completely agree. I the subtlety. I'm not gonna lie. In this moment in the in the soup kitchen, I believed fully. Like, oh, cool, Green Goblin's gone. Maybe we'll get like Harry's Goblin <laughs> or something. Because I was just so roped into his performance. But this is also the point in the movie well, where they get all the villains together. Uh, uh, they sort of piece together well, their I relationships to, really to each other. Off what you just said yeah, before we get into what were you going to say? Uh, yeah, go ahead. So, so like for, for me, it's like, uh, I, I, I see how they were going with the character. Cause not so much, Oh, the green goblin's gone, but like he, he is uh, like the metaphor of like the mentally ill person who, who, who needs help. Like the, when he's like uh, saying, I, I got, I went to my home and, uh, there was another person there and my son, I, don't know where he is and like there's just yeah yeah sort of frantic uh frantic energy to it where he's like he he seemed legitimately like he was channeling uh like the performance of a dementia patient in a way that like didn't feel reductive or pandering in the way that it felt like blown up like jeff was saying in the toby movies like this felt like he was playing that kind of character earnestly and like i said it yeah yeah me no in. it yeah and i i'm staying on that point because like oh man it's a really good character really good performance that was there yeah so i think that this is this is the point in the movie where all the villains come together and where things start to turn so this is where i think we can start more easily comparing characters as well essentially uh they realize they're all from different universes and they see (laughs) their relationships and (laughs) dr strange says hey (laughs) of all the multiverses in the you gotta go back we we took two and they all know each other (laughs) we got two we got yes but then Doctor Strange is like, we're sending you back only for them to realize that if they go back because they watched all the other movies, these bitches oh, going to die. Not and Peter's like, that. <laughs> I can't. We, we yeah, like, hey, man, we can't just fucking kill all five of these four cast villains. Four. Are you kidding me? Four. Um, Sandman four? does not die. Aren't there f- we're sending him yeah. back. He's fine. <laughs> That's yes. Yes. That's that's true. That's yeah. and that's actually very much part of his whole deal. But then eventually they uh there's an incredible scene 
visually where Doctor Strange and Peter. And, oh, that's such a fight. cool fight yeah. because like you you see Beautiful. like Spider Man going up against a superhero who's way above his weight class power wise, yeah. and it's like so cool to yes. like one see the visual spectacle of the of like Doctor Strange using all his powers against uh, Peter, like how he used the portal to like get Peter to grab himself with his <laughs> uh, web. Cool. Web. Uh, yeah. Everybody who's played Portal just, like, watched him fall infinitely and was like, oh, come on, you idiot. You know how to get out of this one. <laughs> and, like, uh, but also, like, the way he beats Doctor Strange is great because, like, he outsmarts him, as it were. He realizes the mirror dimension works on, like, geometry. And he's like, oh, shit, I love math. Yeah. And, like, does some, like, science nerd shit. Yeah. And it, it, it's a great moment. It's a great moment where, like, Spider-Man kind of yeah. believably beat someone way above his power level as it were yeah i agree it much more believable than like you know whenever when batman versus superman came out and we were like how is batman gonna beat superman and it turns out the answer is martha that wasn't a good answer <laughs> math is much better no that's how superman beat batman <laughs> that's fair yeah that's true <laughs> like like they killed the cheap way um, out he where it's he like take... oh yeah he just hits him with the kryptonite right off the bat well so that's the way to do back. it to be fair yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, but like, yes. come on. <laughs> when you have Batman, guys, we can't relitigate. We can't relitigate okay, Batman okay, versus real Superman. Quick. When you we have can't. Batman it's versus Superman, much. there no, are a Chatter, lot of. You're so hot. I'm sorry, the a dude with 50 different visions versus a guy with stealth, and you oh have a wrestling God. match. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's why that's a bad movie, and this I yeah. think is a much better Definitively, one. Definitively, so yes. Peter leaves <laughs> Doctor Strange. Yeah. So he. So they. The mirror dimension where this fight happened is Spider-Man says, hey, I'm going to leave you here until the end of the movie. Bye. And then he fucks off. Which with is the a nice box. way to kick and Doctor Strange takes... out of this movie for a little while to make it more of a, you know, yeah. Spider-Man yeah. movie where he's not, a where he's not being chaperoned yeah. by, a, by a father figure of sorts. Who I guess he's not really, but, you know. Yeah. He's kind of replacing He could have been, but they, yeah. they decide to avoid that. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I think a really interesting writing decision is that. Spider-Man has a solve all your problems button right there. Like he can press it anytime and all his problems are solved. And like the uh, story make, makes it so that um, makes it so that like he, like you get why he doesn't want to press the Deus Ex Machina button as it were. Yeah. Because of the more, Mm -hmm. because of the superhero trolley problem he's running into. Yeah. I, I think yes. that's a great great thing because it's such a quintessential Spider-Man thing where it's yeah. like you can save the multiverse, but your their deaths on are on your hands, and you know it's a very Spider-Man yep. thing to be like, no, I'm going to find a way to save everyone, even Which at is, great cost. It's nice and because I, like they they don't bring that up a lot in the MCU. Like most of the heroes in the MCU are just totally chill with murder, and it's not presented as like a horrible thing you know it's like iron man one they set up the states right out of the bat is you know he's gonna shoot down the terrorists because you know they're threatening people's lives right and it's like you know they're presented more like soldiers in a sort of way like like the only other instances right way is daredevil right in the netflix show has a thing with murder what was the other one um oh i haven't seen it yet uh eternals is 
Oh, it, Eternals is explicitly about people like it, it's it's a similar concept of people that could just sort of like do everything yeah. all the time, but they can't seem to get in line about what is the sure. right thing to yeah, do. Sure. Yeah, I guess I was more um, thinking and specifically about I think I think that this is a much the, more Yeah, sorry. Personal I, I guess state. I was thinking more specifically about the uh like the do, are we okay with killing kind of dilemma cuz that's not brought up a lot. That is absolutely the Eternals too. That's absolutely okay, part of fair. Eternals. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Um, but I think I, well, I think Eternals has a bigger discussion about it. I think this one is more this fun one's because more it's it's it's, it's yeah. also Peter's. Yeah, it's it's also yeah. Peter's fault. Peter did right. this, and now he's responsible for it in a way. And like he's this is this moment where he decides not to kill these guys and brings them back to his apartment to try to cure them all. Like this is the moment where he decides, hey maybe I can't have my cake and eat it too. So I'm just going to fucking try to help him. He's, he's still holding on to that idea, like, but like, like, yeah, he, again, he, he's lo- at least love trying that about it. It's like Spider-Man. Yeah. He's a good guy. Who's going to try to help everyone and like help heal these supervillains so that, you know, they, they, they can live regular lives. And that's great. I love that. Yeah. It's a very Spider-Man thing. And so, it's it's also nice because like, you know, it I mean, it's not like the movie doesn't have big stakes cuz it's like the whole multiverse might erupt or whatever, but it does bring like the core stakes in the movie down to something very personal, you know, which yeah, I, I like think the so problem- is is something that yeah. the MCU, I mean, it, it doesn't always do it perfectly, but it's good at doing like the other big example of this that I can think of was like our fucking first movie right after Infinity War where half the population went away. Like, though it didn't happen chronologically after Infinity War was Ant-Man and the Wasp, which successfully made you care about the stakes, which were a single person's life who had been assumed dead for like 20 years. And it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be about the bit, you know, it can be personal stakes. It can be, you You don't got to save the world. Yeah. 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 And like, and like, here's the thing about Spider-Man stories. The best Spider-Man stories are like inversely proportional to, to the like stakes, yeah. the scale <laughs> scale of the story, you know, like Spider Man versus McUniverse, the Universe Eater, uh, uh, mm-hmm. eh, whatever. Spider Man helping helping and, an and, old and lady like, he, uh, get her groceries home. Oh man, moving commentary. Which is human. what is again elegant about this this movie is that for all the multiversal stakes that are happening here, it's happening because. Peter wants to keep his girlfriend and his friend yeah. and his aunt. Like that is that is the well, crux and of it wants all. To, and that is what and leads wants to save to... these people. You know, it's like th- those are really the stakes. Well, but lives, what, what I'm know? saying is th- what I'm saying is this yeah, is a symptom for sure, of sure. that. The inciting incident is his. Ev- everything revolves around this core point, and it begins and ends with him wanting to save this and having to make the decision about yeah. those relationships. Anyway, so for the sake of time. We're at the point where all the villains are in Peter's apartment. He's trying to cure them one by one. And I think this is where we can finally start to, like, really discuss the villains and their motivations. So I don't know if we want to go around the table or just talk about the interesting ones. But our five villains that we have are Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, Doc Ock, (laughs) Electro. uh, Yes, Otto Octavius, Doc Ock, Electro. Sandman slash uh yeah I can't remember Electro's name it's Max something right yeah it's Max something and then the lizard which is Dr. Kurt Connors so those are the five villains I think we've discussed Norman Osborn a bit 
Doc Ock had a lot to do, but I don't think had an interesting conflict. And I think that's just a symptom of yeah. what, what his villain is, which is he got he got overrun by the AI of his yeah. own mechanical and, arms. And also, but then we get to see his humanity come back when they are yeah. deactivated yeah. by and, and also, it should be noted that in Spider-Man 2, we already saw a full trajectory of his yes. character, where yeah. with Norman Osborn, that got cut short by his death. So yeah. In in the in the original yep. movies, they come from uh, so like where Doc Ock, it's really more just about the catharsis of like seeing him avert yeah. death yeah. and like seeing his like redemption. I I agree. Stick. Uh, Osborne, it's it, it, it felt like of of all five villains, I feel like uh, I feel like all four of them besides Doc Ock had their own stakes in this movie and played to their yeah. stakes very well. Doc Ock was the only one that felt like he was playing primarily to his original appearance because Spider-Man 2 prior to like this and Spider-Verse are like the most beloved is the most beloved yeah. Spider-Man movie. It's one of the highest rated and Doc Ock is widely regarded as one of the best villains. So it kind of felt like they were like, "Well, we can't improve upon this, so let's just let's just use the things we know yeah. work well with him." And he didn't feel like no, he grew yeah. further. But I also didn't feel like that was a bad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine to have like flat. It's fine to have flat characters. That's fine. Uh, anyway, yeah. so but electro, 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 electro. yeah, go on, con. Sorry. Oh no, I was just I was prompting well, you guys because uh, I I was a big fan of electro. I want to hear your thoughts. They did a lot of interesting things in the movie. He originates from the Amazing Spider-Man Two. There's a weird disconnect where it's like, oh hey, it's uh, nerdy. Dude, he seems affable, and then the moment he gets his superpowers, he goes full supervillain. It's like, what? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> we they they get the chance to rectify that weirdness by going, okay, this is a character who feels like he's insignificant, and when given the powers, he wants to feel significant. Yeah, you no, know, he wants to be. This is a nerd trying to play the alpha male, the quote-unquote alpha male. And, you know, uh, part of his his arc as a character I is, and spoiler uh, spoiler for the near ending, is when uh, he talks to the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man's like, no, no, you're a great guy, man. You don't, you don't gotta be he, like a super electric villain to be yeah. a good uh, I, I respect you, and he's like, yeah. thanks, man, or something better. I think one of the best things they did with Electro in this movie was they said, hey, Jamie Foxx. Just, just do just what you're good at. Yeah. Be yourself. <laughs> just do what you yeah. want to do. Read the words that we wrote, sort of, but just you're Jamie Foxx in this one. Don't worry about the last one. And I think Electro is one of my favorite parts he's... of this movie because he did feel like he had the strongest personal mo motivation out of yeah. the villain. Sandman could have, but he's not really utilized to that extent. But Electro is just like, I like this. I like this power. And I really love the subtlety of like, this universe runs on clean energy because of yeah. the arc reactor from the <laughs> Iron Man movies That's and real. stuff. And, and, the, and he's like, mm, num, 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 I want to eat all this power. And it was just, it, again, strength building on the MCU, super subtle, but like informed a meaningful character yeah. choice in writing electro that made him feel distinct but also not like a betrayal of what yeah. came before granted i don't think there's anything wrong with betraying the amazing a, spider -Man a really too. clever a way movie. to just redesign his character you know being like okay he's taken some different yep. energy this is how he looks in this one now we can you know he's gonna yeah. be yellow now <laughs> and it's like because he's definitely out of the five of them 
by far the one who's changed the most and you know for the better because like the amazing spider-man was a like sandman also came from a bad movie but he was the best part of that bad movie so he they didn't really have to change him that much he was the one that felt the weirdest in there because like compared to the other villains right like a he didn't die at in his movie b he left on totally good terms with spider-man right and it's like so like mm-hmm. it, which I'm glad that they address that is like when we when he shows up, he's like helping him fight Electra. He's like, hey, what's what's going on here? How can I help? You know, and then the minute that he yeah. turns on him is when and- he thinks that this alternate universe, Peter Parker, just straight up kills Electra. And then he's like, yo. What did we just talk about like 10 minutes ago? Well, like, yeah. This whole murder thing. How <laughs> exactly. I killed your so- uncle. What are we doing here? And. <laughs> I understand that this movie does not have the time yeah. for Sandman, but in this case, it was a little yeah. heartbreaking because, like, the problem with the original Spider-Man 3 where he appeared, it was just, like, I think we know that from a producing side, what happened was Sandman was one of the intended main villains, yeah. and then the producers were like, but we gotta have Venom, and things got sort of overwrought from there. In this movie, clearly Sandman was not the focus, but I like that all these other villains were concerned about, like, how they're gonna survive, and Sandman is literally just like, I just want yeah, to get yeah. home, so can you, like, hurry <laughs> yeah, the fuck yeah. I mean, up, please? I mean, like, that was interesting to me, and we got, like, two lines about it, which is, I mean, you know, I, fine, I think but... they do a good job in leaning, like, if we go on D&D terms, uh, Sandman's your, like, true neutral or yeah. true neutral type of character, or maybe yeah. chaotic neutral type of character, yeah. who's like, I'm not really on either side, I just have my own interests to look out for, so... yeah. And like I, and as soon as he realizes nobody is 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 working for him or working in his interests, he's like, okay, yeah. fuck all and, this. You I'm know, gone. I was Bye. kind of like questioning his motivation for a while too, right? Because like you know, it made sense. It's like, okay, that's a good way to get Sandman to turn on him is that he thinks that Peter Parker abandoned his morals and that he can't trust him, so he's going to turn on him. Because we mm-hmm. already know that like you know, Sandman's main character flaw, right, is that he's kind of brash, right? And he just kind of, like, reacts to things. And that felt consistent in this. And then yep. I was sort of questioning, like, in the final fight, I'm just like, what are you doing? And then he, and then he, it, there was some line about, like, yeah. you know, he's thinking that this spell that they're about to do is going to kill all of them. And I'm like, that's fair. He's fighting for his life. That's not the reality of yeah. the situation <laughs> because you yeah. would be fine. You're just being sent home. But... I understand that, like, yeah. you don't really think things through, and you're just kind of being going in fight or flight mode and trying to defend your life. You know, it's like that makes more or less sense. That's a good way yeah. of doing it. The only thing that I thought was kind of weird about Sandman was, and this is like just a visual thing, is like in Spider-Man Three, he was not a puff of sand all the time. He went back and forth between his human and sand form, but. I don't know why they so just had him I believe that seeing a particle I, okay. because I, they had <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church come back as voiceover, uh, just as Reese Iphens did for Lizard. I do not believe they used any new footage or f- shooting with those characters. Probably a huh. scheduling thing, but the footage we do see of them in the end, I believe, is uh, archive footage from oh, Spider-Man Three that makes and sense. the uh, he, He's a little bit of headcanon that I'm fully aware is not supported by the actual text, but in, in the comics. Uh, Sandman, like the thing that turns Sandman into Sandman, is also what kills him. Like he, he can't, like eventually his body breaks yeah. down. He just turns to sand and fades away, uh, fades away. And that is uh, and you know there's like a very moving like couple of. Oh, so you think that he like thinks this is a terminal condition being? Yeah, Sandman. yeah, like he. Uh, okay, that makes sense. 
Well, f- I'm going to say this leaves us with one villain, the yeah, lizard. Those are he, just kind of there. there. He's just honestly there not, out. not much. To, like literally when they all go up to the apartment to do the cures, they're just like, oh, yeah, he wanted to stay in yeah. the truck. Fucking, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the let's just be honest. Fucking the lizard is there so that they, ha- they could have five people without bringing in the rhino or uh venom from spider-man 3 or new goblin (laughs) because we definitely can't fucking bring uh (laughs) bring james franco into this (laughs) (laughs) that was not a good time for james franco um okay so this is where the turn happens and we got to sort of blaze past this uh just a little bit but basically spidey senses tingle once again signaling a new villain and Green Goblin is back. The mania strikes and Willem Dafoe goes full crazy. And it is a pretty brutal fight that scatters all the villains, thrusts Peter down through, I don't know how many floors of the building for him to maybe have broken dude, a rib. Dude, pow- like, here's uh, the thing. Dude, like, fucking powerbombed uh, Pete, like, Peter through, yep. through like, yep. fuck, seven floors, I think? Yeah, dude. Like, like that, yeah. That, hey, let's and, not forget that uh, th- this Peter Parker got an entire fucking building collapsed on him in his first movie, and then like lifted a giant piece of concrete and rebar. Like he's strong. Like he's yeah, very strong. By doing like, a push up, you know that's true. He's got that that's those true. spider spider strength. And then, well, he goes. I really like the dialogue in this fight scene. I also read that Willem Dafoe signed on to the movie with the condition that he would get to do the action scenes and do a lot of physical oh, action. Cool. Uh, he's in his sixties <laughs> and he's, that is what he's gunning for. And he does a lot of his own fighting in this movie. And the fighting in this movie is a lot yeah. Br- yeah. more brutal and, and visceral than the last couple. It's no Captain America. It's no Jason yeah, Bourne. No, that but... power bomb, that power bomb I mentioned earlier, you really feel the head. It's like, Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. And his dialogue should be like super cheesy and quippy, but like he's throwing Spider-Man around and he says in the goblin voice, it's like, um, you you know you're smart enough to know what you want like but you're too weak to take it and those lines like spoke yeah. to the theme of the movie and sounded yeah. so creepy out of his voice and we're surrounded by visceral fighting and i'm like this is not the most elaborate or complicated fight scene in this movie but it fucking yeah. slaps yeah. Okay. really and, good and like another great and thing about ends... Defoe, you can just like look at his face and just be like uh, and like just see the shift he goes full Jim Carrey. Like, like you can see the shift from Norman Osborn to Green Goblin. It's great. Man. Yeah. It's... No, he really, he like really by by and large makes this movie work. That 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 was something I was thinking. Like, hey, who yeah. is the main villain? Yeah. And like, he he doesn't get the most and screen time, but it's great too because it's like they basically the you know they set him up as the main villain, and it's simple, and it's just because he's the most threatening. Like he is, you know, like not just power yep. set, but like cunning and, you know, like he's able to because like, I, you know, there, yeah. there's some implication, right, that like, you know, that he that he's sort of steering Norman Osborn to do things like so, you know, he's kind of setting up the situation too. like he wasn't like Norman Osborn wasn't faking the whole time, but it's clear like he says some line is like, oh, you know, yeah. it's like I've been kind of waiting waiting for I, just the right time to come out he's been watching yeah. from behind yeah. norman's yeah. cowardly eyes it's just, anyway but anyway to to, to again to push forward no we it's, could sit it's here really and talk strong. for like an hour about how great willem dafoe is we all know it but yeah and we have <laughs> yeah. but um to push <laughs> to push the plot forward a, a few things are kind of happening at once right we get our fight with willem dafoe and 
eventually, uh, like, I, I don't know if this is exactly the same scene, but eventually it leads to Aunt May being involved and this is, yeah, yeah. this is the climax of the Willem Dafoe. Uh, basically what ends up happening is Willem Dafoe ends up like fatally wounding Aunt May and she doesn't really realize it yet. And then they have her and Peter have this scene where they're having this whole conversation about like, you know, like this was the right thing to do because you have to save people's lives. And then they bring up the iconic with great power comes great responsibility line. Cause she's basically saying like, no, with a, with a yeah. little twist with great power, there must yeah. come great which, responsibility. Which is more... And I think that that subtle yeah. tweak is effective and important. So fun, fun fact, there must come uh, with great power. There must come great responsibility is a lot closer to, the original line said in Spider-Man number, or no, not, well, you know, the very first ish of Spider-Man story ever told. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, good, good job. Did your homework there. And I, I just like it too, yeah. because it's like, yep. it's not like this concept hasn't been hinted at in for the MCU Spider-Man before, because in Civil War, when we get our introduction to, to Peter Parker, right, he basically says something along the lines to Tony Stark. He says like, well, if the bad people come and do bad things yeah. and I had the ab ability to stop them and I don't, it's kind of on me, which is the exact same sentiment. They were just avoiding yeah. saying that because they didn't want to retread the exact same line. Yeah. But now that we're having a movie where that dude is literally in the movie, we can yeah. retread that ground all we fucking want. And it just feeds into the whole gimmick yeah. of the movie, yeah. which is like this, you know, it's got this whole element of this nostalgia burst of seeing all these beloved characters from but, previous but movies. Also that, but it also that, fits. like a lot of, a lot of things come at a great cost, as it were. And yeah. in this case, Aunt Mahe basically plays the role of this of Peter's Uncle, ben, yeah. Uncle, Uncle ben. ben. And, you know, we get a really yeah. heart-wrenching scene where he's just, like, trying to help Aunt May. And like, once again, Tom Holland, great Tom actor. Holland, just like the end of Infinity War with the I yeah. don't want to go, <laughs> like, he fucking... He is a champion of yeah. these fucking scenes. He fucking rings you like a wet towel, just like yep. yeah. Yep. You just don't want to don't want to see. It. Meanwhile, Obi Wan <laughs> yeah, Zendaya, really. <laughs> they have the oh yeah, we don't the, mention uh, Ned and MJ have been hanging on to the kill box, and they're like, ah, oh, should we push the button? Like they're yeah. the fail safe. Like if they push it, and, everyone disappears. Yeah, but they and haven't we gotten haven't the message really from mentioned... Peter and oh. Ned, whose magical abilities have been hinted at up to this Joked point at. in the movie, <laughs> yeah. stole Doctor Strange's yeah. sling ring, and is like they realize he can use it to create a portal, and he accidentally's one Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker into his apartment. <laughs> yeah, no. I, uh, while trying to get yeah, Tom Holland. No, I remember uh, being, being in the theater and like people were cheering. Even I was cheering and I'm like, I, yeah. Oh, I was next yeah. to you. I'm fully aware of how loudly you were cheering. And I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even care for his movies, but shit, just seeing Andrew Garfield there, I was just filled with something. I'm like, yeah. And of course, Yep. When they event and you know, after some really funny scenes and him interacting with them, they uh open the portal again and we see Toby Maguire and I'm fucking ecstatic because like that was the Spider Man I grew up with. Yeah. Like the his I grew up with his yep. Spider Man movies yep. as a kid, so like holy shit, I lost my mind there. Yeah. And 
Now, I'm very frequently outspoken against nostalgia as a driving factor for most things. Nostalgia plays a huge part in the enjoyment of these scenes, but I think as we're going to go through what these other Peters are doing, I think, once again, this script is very... Uh, very deft in using these characters to their strengths because not only are they hilarious here, they, I think, are very yeah. strong throughout because Peter, Tom Holland Peter, is in bad shape. Yeah, because he yeah. just yeah. was basically responsible with his by his actions for killing his aunt, you know, and they basically, yeah. they bring on the other Peters, they they finally find him, and then they, they get to have this, like, three-person talk of, like, hey, man. We went through the exact same thing. And then we get to bring back, like, the most, you know, like, heartbreaking parts of both those movies. We get to relive, not you know, not it's not we get a fucking flashback or anything, but, you know, we get to relive the Gwen Stacy death. We get to relive uh, the original Uncle Ben's death from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. And they're, like, they're just, like, basically, you know, empathizing with him. And it's, it's yeah. a very sweet way to bring up mm -hmm. those, you know, those character yeah. moments and have it be so like, like, these were yeah. the consequences that you didn't see because we stopped watching those movies after a couple of movies, you know, because it's like, these guys have grown up a little bit yeah. since that time. And, you know, we get to hear about uh, Andrew Garfield is like, well, I stopped pulling my punches and it's like, he kind of went down a, a dark path and it's like, that's believable. You know, we didn't really see the full consequences of him dealing yep. with Gwen's death because that movie was really bad and no one wanted a third one <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and like you know i think oh, a really smart decision they made is uh with toby mcguire's uh spot spider-man is that this is this is an older spider-man this yeah. is not the spider-man yeah and from the movies where he's like 22 or 20 something this is like a very much whatever age toby mcguire is yeah this is the peter parker and no it was you know he he gets he yeah. gets to just kind of take on a sort of big brother big mentor role to yeah. to the other two and it's yep. really good and like uh you know what you said about like andrew garfield spider-man how he said he stopped pulling his punches in the original amazing spider-man uh, a big flaw was like you know after gwen stacy died we get a montage of him open around and then like he picks himself up and he's like yeah and then fights the rhino and everything's back <laughs> together yeah but, like here they uh, they yep. managed to re instill some depth in the sense that no he didn't he wasn't yeah. completely over it he still was hurting and he went down a dark path a dark path that yeah tom holland might go down yeah so i want to ask both of you a question because i i think like we've talked about how the green goblin is an evolution yeah. of the character in this movie compared to the original how doc ock is kind of a continuation but how electro is almost like yeah. a correction. And I feel like of the, like, if we had to, uh, love me some Toby, but I think Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man got a lot more meat in this. And how, d d like, do the Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker, and Electro slap so hard here because those movies were lackluster to the point where we just wanted a better version and we finally got it? Or... Are they just legitimately that much better than other components well, of this I, movie? Uh, yeah, know, yeah, no, I, th I think what helps them is that they, you know, corrected for the flaw flaws of their movies. So yeah. that definitely helps them. And, and you know, part of it is to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is by this point so old that he's kind of gone through his arc, whether, he, whether you want to interpret it as on screen yeah. or off screen. He's already been there and done that. He is the obi-wan of sorts he is yeah just... yeah yeah that's a good way to put and it. it 
Yeah, because he doesn't really have a lot of right. growing to do here, but Tom Holland does, and Toby's Peter is like the the perfect guiding light for him. I think that it's, him. you know, they use Toby in a similar way that they use Green Goblin, in that, like, he was very good in his original movies, but they've, you know, adjusted the tone of how he acts and manages himself to fit more of the, like, groundedness of mm-hmm. the mcu and you know you can cut you can also write that off yeah. as like yeah he's he's just grown up a little bit right but like you know i i might get a little bit of flack for saying this but fucking toby Maguire's peter parker is like the cringiest motherfucker alive like it's like i mean i, I mean 100%. yes but absolutely that's, that's the point he, I, I know it's the point i'm not saying there's anything wrong nerd. with it but it's like no it's like <laughs> i i've always said this is like i the reason that i prefer tom holland to toby Maguire is because like when tom holland is awkward it's like oh cute he's awkward and when toby Maguire is awkward i want to take a fucking shower like <laughs> he's <laughs> you know it, they've adjusted because like they they play but like they comment no, I, what i'm saying is, i agree like because i'm not saying that those are bad movies i'm just saying because of the comic booky style everything is just a little bit more exaggerated included but not limited to peter parker's awkwardness which when you when you take that and I, compare I it to gr- like a normal person's awkwardness you're like Ooh, you're being real weird right now and in a way that well, is beyond just well, kind of here's awkward. the thing Gro- you know? <laughs> growing up with the toby Maguire movies and loving yeah. them a lot i also was like is this guy the best actor <laughs> as a kid i couldn't really appreciate the nuance of yeah. playing an awkward character but i will say awkward people in the real world are a lot more That's like fair. toby Maguire's <laughs> peter yeah than no. they are the charmy goofing i want to marry you tom holland one like when tom holland's awkward i'm like fucking like date me but with toby i'm just like stay away from me and i'm like oh wait that's yeah, what awkwardness like, is awkwardness actually is like. a negative quality but, remember that and like like, yeah, like, no, it's let's not, be real. It ain't, it ain't cute. Let's it's be horrifying. Real. In real life, Tom Holland's Peter Parker would be the popular kid. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I. And I, I think there was some criticism with the Amazing Spider-Man movies that, edgy. like, Andrew Garfield's <laughs> Peter Parker was too, like, cool, too edgy and cool and, like, kind of likable. Uh, Tom Holland sort of, I think, yeah, threaded the needle yeah. between those two for the sake of a performance. But, but, but like, uh, another correction, yeah. like, they made with Andrew Garfield's uh, uh, Peter Parker is that. You know that, he's like he's, the he's fuck still down a little bit. <laughs> like he he's still like recognizably mm-hmm. like ki- kind of cool and like has that uh, cool guy he's skater boy edge. I'd, yeah, but yeah. also he is awkward. He is also just awkward. Like you, yeah. you feel a little bit of that awkwardness. And well, because like, yeah. like the biggest thing with his character is that he's really he does it does feel like a more natural progression between like the way someone is in high school versus the way they are like when they grow up a little bit. Whereas mm-hmm. like him as Spider Man, like he was just straight up obnoxious which was like a good quality in the movie because it's like oh Spider Man's supposed to be a little bit obnoxious right but it's like you know. It, it, it's like obnoxious for the sake of being funny, but like, and, and you're funny when you're obnoxious in high school, but if you grow up to continue to be that obnoxious, then you're just kind of annoying. Yeah. And, he at yeah. least, you're right. Exactly. It's like, he feels yeah. like he's calmed so the fuck down. I'm going a to catapult us. I'm going to catapult yeah, us yeah. once again, because we are very long in the tooth here and I uh, need to hop off shortly, but we get a lovely scene where the three Spider-Men's spiders, man's, um, <laughs> all work together to try to build out the cures. They're going to lure everyone together, lure all the villains, cure them all at once. We get two amazing scenes where um, (laughs) Tom Holland and uh, Andrew Garfield marvel 
at the, the Toby fact Maguire's that webs come out of uh, Toby Maguire's <laughs> webs come out of his body and not his That's web shooters. Good. Guys, they spent. We get actually like a three minute scene yeah. of them just shooting the yeah, shit no, on the that, new statue that was of Liberty a great for the villains. Like I, 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 I'm all for where them. like they're fixing Toby Maguire's back from Spider Man Two. They're addressing Andrew Garfield's depression. They're asking about the biological web shooters, and Tom Holland says, "Do they come out of <laughs> other places?" And I'm like, oh, God, I could have spent yeah. an hour yeah, no, on that, that Statue that was, of Liberty, the three of them. The they best. are so charming I was, and fun. I also... Because not only – it wasn't just funny. It was like an earnest yeah. exploration of, like, their individual mental and emotional states that, like, sets up and the really relationship. it really is that they're just all awkward in their own way, and it's just awkward cubed. It's, it's yeah. great. No, it, it really felt yeah. like – yeah. three brothers is what it felt like you know yeah. and it and it was very it cathartic for these characters who all three of them their arcs revolve around them losing everyone and it's just like hey we got each other you know they like and someone, it won't last but you you get to it you know enjoy it when it lasts and i i really value the fact that Did, they took some time to have some earnest yeah. scenes where tom holland wasn't even there yep. you know where it's just like let's just take some time to like yeah. you know we we do we feel nostalgic and we were wondering how yeah. these characters were doing because we lived up with both of their arcs whether it be the Tobey Maguire movies or the Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield movies like let's just check in with them and have let them have a conversation with each other without the you know the kid who is the main driving force yep. in the movie being around like it's valuable you know <laughs> and then when yeah. and then when they're in the when they're in the fight and they they're all getting in each other's ways because they've never been part yeah. of the team before and then like they're about to break and go on their go in their mission and then andrew garfield says hey <laughs> i love you guys and they're thanks. both like oh, <laughs> cool thanks man like, like they they they, they, like, they clearly reciprocate they, <laughs> they just don't know how to so reciprocate weird. and it, it feels because it, it is very, very awkward. It feels very real, you know, yeah. like they reciprocate, but they don't know how to reciprocate. They, uh, yeah. But, uh... So there are like three major resolutions in this final fight where all the villains show up. The first is they issue the cure on pretty much everyone. We get little uh, asides with each Spider-Man and their biggest villain that felt really nice to just see like, hey, Otto, how you doing? Hey, Max, yeah. how no, you no, doing? I, I, and then Max says, oh, man, I thought you were going to be black. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Okay, small small nitpick about that moment. I've already told you guys, but we're recording now. Uh, so, you yeah. know, he runs through his logic like, you help the poor, you wear a mask, I, and you're from Queens. You're from and Queens. Like, one out of those three don't work as logic because, like, Queens is known for... <laughs> It's Asian and Hispanic communities, not the black communities. I mean, there are obviously are black people in Queens. It's just, yeah. That, of all of all the boroughs in uh in New York, that is not one of the black yeah. majority yeah. Uh, boroughs. Um, even so, an endearing moment that seemed to tease the introduction of yeah. our Miles Morales yeah. down the road to these movies. Um, and the second resolution, I say this is pretty big. Uh, is we see um, we see MJ yeah, falling. That was a and Tom Holland goes to save her and misses, and we get an ultimate redemption for the Gwen Stacy death in Amazing Spider-Man Two when Andrew Garfield saves MJ, and she, he's like, "Are you okay?" And she says, "Yes," and then he starts crying, and she's like, "Are you okay?" Are you okay? <laughs> that was such a sweet moment. And guys yeah. in the theater. I was not. I was not okay. That was, I think, maybe the most resonant like, moment like, in the, the movie mo- for me. Amazing like, Spider-Man Two, bad movie. Gwen's death. Like the, hit the hard. moment we uh, we saw MJ fall, we knew who was who was going to be the one to save her. Yeah, and it was yes. still satisfying yes. as hell. Like my sister knew it. The, yeah. I knew it extremely. But like, 
still super satisfying to see him. And I, I don't think redeem. I don't think redeem is the go ahead. right word. I think catharsis. Yeah, be, like you uh, get, it's like, like giving him his moment, so that you know, it's like it's more like for the service of this fictional character. You know, it's like giving him his own redemption, not because like his he, redemption to the audiences. Yeah, well, yeah. he stated he stated his trauma and his issues in this on top of the support from the other Peters gives him the tools yeah. to move forward. Like we see that in the very few lines we get surrounding this issue. And again, deft, efficient, smart Absolutely. screenwriting. The, th- the third resolution uh, to the villains here is um, Norman Osborn wait, fist fighting wait, we, Tom Holland's quick, Peter who before wants we get to kill into him. That, I would like to point out just the exchange that, so like, you know, Doc Ock comes in and he looks like he's about to be a, bad guy but turns out he's on their side and you know stops electro and stuff and we have an exchange between his doc ock and toby mcguire which is really wonderful you know like he's holding arc reactor in his hand and he says his iconic line the power of the sun the- and then toby mcguire finishes the line in the palm of your hand and it's oh that's so good and then yeah. he's like and like you yeah, get, you get a sweet. moment you never got to have in spider-man 2 because like he he dies in spider me. It was so urgent, and he and he sacrificed yeah, himself. Yeah, he sacrificed so fast. himself so fast. But here we get a slow moment where he just gets to catch up with Peter, and it's it's just so sweet. Like he's like Peter. And he like I think it's worth he mentioning. Stops caring about these slow uh, moments. Uh, uh, he, he 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 stops oh, sorry, caring about the arc reactor, and he's just like Peter. Man, it's been a while. How long how have you been? And Peter's like, and he called makes a callback to the first thing he ever really said, uh, Doc Ock ever really said to Peter, and that's uh, uh, j- try, trying to be better. And it, it there's a knowing smirk, and it's good. Sorry. Go on, Colin. Yeah. It is. <laughs> All right. So now we're really yeah. going to wrap this up. Tom Holland wants to kill Green Goblin, and he picks up the glider to stab him with it, and Tobey Maguire gets in the way and says, Nuh-uh, yeah. man. Oh. Don't do it. That's not Spider-Man. That's not you. Don't do it. Sorry, Chatter. We I'm cannot sorry. stop. Yeah. We are so short on time. We cannot. We cannot stop okay. here. Yeah, we gotta push through. He 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 goes to, to Toby, gets in his way, says "nuh-uh," and that's sort of the inflection point where we see all these emotions tugging at him, tugging at Tom Holland's Peter Parker come to a head. And uh, I should mention that the box that sends them all back to their universes got destroyed. So they pull Doctor Strange back from the portal, and he's like, hey, man, the universe is falling apart, but we took care of all the bad guys and cured them all. How do we fix everything? Can we do the spell where people forget that I'm Spider-Man? He's like, nah, it's too late for that. We don't know why it's too late for that, but it is. Uh, So magic. And then uh, Tom Holland instead says, what if everybody forgot who I am entirely? And that is the way they go. We see... All the villains and heroes get sent back to their universe. We see the ruptures in the sky close up. There were yeah. ruptures in the sky. <laughs> and Tom Holland says goodbye to his friends. And MJ says, hey, come find me. Remind me who you are. Because if you don't, I'll just figure it out again. And it's a really sweet, heartbreaking because moment. He... But yep. everyone forgets who he is. He goes to find her, has a speech prepared, and sees that she's had living a good life. she gone to MIT but she still has the scars from the battle that she doesn't remember and decides I'm not going to tell her who I am. Yeah. He goes and moves off on his own all by himself and ends 
as a lonely, anonymous, friendly neighborhood. Which is Spider-Man. like really sad, like because like by the end he's lost everyone and everything yep. he's ever loved, and that is a really sad note to yeah go on. And you know the theme is the s- basically. To do the right thing, you have to make big sacrifices. And, like, you know, he saved, he accomplished in saving all those villains. But in doing so, he's lost everyone he's ever loved. And that is heart-wrenching. Yeah. Yep. And his journey has come full circle. I think we should unpack this ending in the ratings for the sake of time. Um, But that is the summary of the movie. Hot damn, guys. I, I know it's late now, but, like, I really could talk. Uh, I could yeah, talk for so there many is, hours like, uh, about how much I enjoy this movie. For dragging this. I, I'm sorry for dragging this it's on. It's dense. And, uh, this episode on, on a little longer, but, like, yeah. damn. I, I mean, it, like, there's a lot man. in this movie to unpack, and, like, there's so many subtle things that is just, like, just hinted at, and it, you know... It, it does a lot to kind of like move things along and it's just very like there there's there really is just like a lot to break down so but yeah. yes you're right we have it is it is we incredibly have to be moving dense. on to the ratings section now thank you both for for a very good discussion um now we're going to be moving on to the ratings, where each of us are going to rate the topic on a scale from one to ten spiders, men. That makes the most sense to me, right? Alternate universe spider man. I'm, I'm on board. I enjoy spiders saying spiders men. men. Yep, I enjoy uh, it. I vote for Colin, this. Colin, we'll start off with you. How did you feel about uh, No Way Home? I'm a big fan of Spider-Man. As far as the movies go, always been my favorite hero to watch. Uh, so coming into this, I was... It, I felt kind of a way about this that I did going into the Avengers movie in 2012 because we all saw Spider-Man 3. I saw it in theaters. They had like three villains in that movie and we were like, ugh, how are they going to wrangle three villains? They didn't. <laughs> it wasn't great. And then we went and then we went into the Avengers. So like, how are they going to wrangle six heroes? Yeah. <laughs> and it was great. So I came into this with like, okay, I know that this universe can do a good job with multiple characters, but I know that Spider-Man traditionally does not do well with multiple villains. I came in, <laughs> I came in so confused about how this was gonna shake out, and yeah. God, it works. It just, it fucking works so well. Um, I think that any point in this movie could yeah. be nitpicked. You know, the, the 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 logic for the magic spells bringing everyone into this universe uh, is like they all knew Peter Parker, but I'm pretty sure that Electro didn't know Peter Parker was Spider Man. <laughs> like, upon too much, it's like a it's like a Chris Nolan movie. Too much scrutiny, things yeah. start to fall apart. I know. I turned but to as a, a, as I turned a, to our as a friend of the theater. And I was like, man, if the criteria are knowing Peter Parker is Spider Man and being dead in some way, shape, or form related to Spider Man, it's too bad that Gwen Stacy didn't. <laughs> up in this universe <laughs> and of course yes, like that's true and that's of course like true. the end credits shows like uh tom hardy's uh venom in there and it's yeah, like yeah, venom has nothing to do with peter parker so yeah and i guess here? it's just like well maybe because he's well, an alternate yeah. universe version of eddie brock and some eddie brock's yeah. new who you know is like and, I, there's you're lots not of ways too, you could and like Dr. you're not Strange's, too far off because like Dr. Strange's venom, language. in the venom movies yeah the hey symbi- guys yeah still in my ratings the symbiote does does explain that it is a multiverse. Guys, hey I guys, we're still in multiversal high mind. Okay, I'm done. Now you may rate. <laughs> we're in my chatter. You need to take a nap at nine right now. Take okay. an Ambien at nine p.m. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I think that all these villains are well wrangled. I feel like every character is given something to do. And the ones that are flat aren't flat in a way that's like, oh, I didn't care about them. They're flat in a way that's like, they weren't the yep. focus of the movie, but what they got made sense in the flow of it. And I found that for the first time in the MCU, I got the Spider-Man I wanted because what really bugged me about Homecoming and bugged me about Far From Home is that this Peter Parker was only so good and skilled because he was supported by Iron Man. He was supported by the Avengers. He was supported by Mysterio and fake Nick Fury yeah. and all these people. And this movie is like a journey of him becoming a Spider-Man unto himself and throwing everything away and saying... Uh, I'm just gonna do this myself. He makes his own suit. He goes out and flies by the Christmas tree from Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, and fucking, like, I've just gotta say, it, he... Fucking making his own suit is a hugely impractical thing. Like, he already has a very yes, technologically absolutely. useful suit. He did not need to go fucking... <laughs> it, got, it got fucked up. It got Fair. fucked up in the fight, and he didn't have the tools Fair. to fix it anymore, so... Um, I think, I, I'm not saying this is a perfect movie, but if we're talking about my enjoyment, I enjoyed the nostalgic bits, I enjoyed the new bits, I enjoyed it as a story, and I thought the impact, like Chowder said, this is a trolley problem of Peter's creation, and his choices are so important throughout the whole movie, and those shape his character in a way that makes me want three more movies with this guy. Uh, 10 out of 10. Oh. I, I, I love this movie. This is, I think this hits... Uh, right under Into the Spider-Verse for me in terms of uh, Spider-Man movie quality. It's it's great. It's super duper good. There are problems with it that you can find, but you do not yeah. feel them when you're watching All right, it. Chatter. It's great. So, so, you know, spoiler alert, I pretty much agree with uh, Colin. Uh, 10 out of 10. It is just under Spider-Verse and just how good it is, which is surprising because I was underwhelmed by Far From Home. I thought it was just uh, I I didn't think it was a bad movie but like I didn't care for it much I felt like it's just like mm -hmm. the one oh Peter's got uh, daddy issues with his surrogate father figure and two it's like a lot of like what might make Spider-Man appealing is that he's an everyman and at, until this point MCU Peter Parker is like you know he's got all these resources he's got a billionaire father figure he's got all, all these things going for him and uh but here they managed to, to bring spider-man back to being that every man uh, mm -hmm. and like the writing is good it's elegant it manages to solve so many problems well without calling attention to itself satisfactorily yeah, yeah, like even if you want to even if you want to nitpick them like they they feel so well like constructed edited performed in the moment that even if they don't meet scrutiny they yeah. feel good and yeah exactly so like yeah i gotta give this a 10 out of 10 one last thing i gotta say the reason tom hardy's venom is there is because venom in his movie explains that the symbiotes are a multiversal hive mind oh okay um, so okay well that's interesting all right okay jeff i know you had some mixed feelings yeah, compared to some of us mixed. i'm very I, curious I, I'm to see like, where you land after yeah time to in, in terms of the number of spiders men i want to give it I, I think i'm kind of straddling between an eight and a nine um I'd probably probably lean nine i think you guys have kind of convinced me otherwise I, I think that the things that i had problems with in this movie 
are a bit more reflective of just the way that the MCU is kind of shaping up. And I think that I noticed it the first, the most when I when I watched Shang-Chi, whereas like Shang-Chi rather is like I watched the movie and I enjoyed it. And then I, I kind of found that like it, it's starting to get to this point in the MCU where it's turning a bit more popcorn-y and that like I'm trying to be like, OK, I got to turn my brain off a little bit and just enjoy these for what they are. And I think that it's doing that very well, which is why I still feel very favorably about both of these movies. But, you know, it is kind of moving away from like, you know, like it's not like there were never any inconsistencies or things that didn't hold up in previous Marvel movies, but it's sort of feeling like there's a bit more like visible seams to that kind of stuff now where it's just like, okay, yeah, the main thing of the plot is like, realistically would this guy ever really just launch into the spell without fucking explaining it to him that's insane you know it's just like that's like a a core thing of what drives the entire movie and that's something that is just like all right you know like like colin said it's a problem that you don't feel really hard while watching the movie but it is kind of right there so it's just sort of like you know i i have an issue with that but it it just kind of MJ does pay lip service to it yeah. a little bit, at least. She, like, calls him out on it, but, like, that's the only right, hate exactly. it. Right, exactly. And it just kind of, you know, like I said, it doesn't ruin the movie for me, but it's a very early indication that's sort of like, okay, shut up, stop being mm-hmm. pedantic, just turn off and watch this movie because it's a fun time. Because it's meant to be just yeah. a fun time and not be, like, super complex and airtight, which is fine, but, you know, it, it is, like... It is. It does make me a little I bit sad that the MCU the is where moving we got, a bit more towards in that direction of of just like, and and some I'm, people would probably say that it's always been that way, but I, I guess that hasn't been my feeling directly. You know, like mostly I think I things that mostly have that. explained themselves for the most part, but you know. I would like to counter that with saying like this is also the year that we did get WandaVision falcon and the winter soldier loki and eternals all of which are much more meditative takes mm-hmm. on the mcu in one way or another so if we're addressing the mcu holistically i'm not gonna say like this is the perfect franchise it's got it's yeah. big problems but i think that while this this is the most spectacly movie we got this year we did get a lot of other stuff that is like meditative yeah, that, no, on that, that's fair ethics race and and things in, in big ways that this movie does unfortunately not have yeah. the time to be um which is a valid yeah. criticism and, 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 uh, of this movie and you know but ultimately i think like stuff like that would really break other movies for me in a lot of big ways and i didn't feel that so much with this one fair you know like i i had my issues with it while watching mm-hmm. it but i got to the end of the movie and i was like that was great you know i like i i unlike colin you know i'm not really turned off by nostalgia as a motivator i mean i fucking collect toys that are from the 80s and that that's literally nostalgia (laughs) for a period before like 10 years before i was fucking born so like i you know i i'm big into nostalgia as as a thing but i agree with you that if it's used in too much of a gimmicky way it can be like a crutch and i thought this movie handled it in just the right way you know it gives you your nostalgia but doesn't lean on it and it doesn't you know treat it as too much of a gimmick even though the whole thing with this movie is just a big gimmicky spe- skeptical ske- skeptical spectacle it um 
<laughs> you know, it uses it to its advantage in a lot of really smart ways, which I, I think is just really fantastic. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I would say nine out of 10 for me. It's it's not perfect. And I, you know, those things still wow. stand out to me in some ways, but yeah. it's impressive for that this movie yeah. can make me kind of ignore those things, which usually would bother me like a lot, <laughs> you know? So yeah, um, I also, in the year of Black yeah. Widow, maybe not the best movie for female well, agency. Okay. Well, you know, uh, Zendaya did movie. a lot in this movie. Like she, and also, like, you know, I granted, True. you're right. I mean, you know, it, it, like, it wouldn't have been the movie to do that because, like, we have to have fucking three male leads who are all the same person, you know? Um, but it, it yeah. does say something <laughs> that we, you know, we at least got some good characterization out of Zendaya, uh, Zendaya as MJ, you know, who felt like she was a really believable character and I like Chowder said earlier them giving May a more significant role to like have her be someone who's actually shaping the way that Peter thinks about things I think is is really smart and having her fill that Uncle Ben role so yeah I mean you're right it's not like you know like he fucking I I, I hate that trope uh, like you've kind of brought me around on it being like the arc of this story but I detest the trope of fucking like oh you want me to do you want me to keep you in the loop but i just don't i can't stand the thought of me hurting you so i'm gonna go against your direct yeah, agency but also, and uh, but do also, the exact opposite thing and it, like i i hate that trope in superhero shit but but also but also <laughs> what happened in this movie is peter parker watched and watched his yeah. aunt may die because of it so that would be like if i said hey jeff can we watch movies together and also you shoot me in the face? Can we do those things together? And then I hand you the gun. You have to decide whether or not you're going to shoot me in the face, even though I asked for it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and he was just fortunate enough to not have her there to pull the trigger for him. And, and to be fair, after all he's been through, I, I would probably just, like, if I just went through what he just did, I'd probably be like, give me a moment. I, I need to process some stuff before I make yeah. any big I, it's, decisions. It's why I appreciate... Yeah. It's why I appreciate the characterization of it as a trolley yeah. problem. Not to defend the trope, but in uh, I feel it felt more well-earned in this case than even in Spider-Man 2002, where Toby was like, I can't be with you, Mary Jane. Um, it, it didn't feel quite as robust yeah. in that movie as it no, did. No, and I agree with one. you, which but again, anyway. which is why it bothers me less than it does in, in most instances. But it's still a thing where it's just like, that like my experience watching the movie i got out of the movie and i'm like man i really love that movie that fucking ending kind of sucked a little bit though that's how i sort of felt you know <laughs> um but anyway that's 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 my that's you know that that's basically my opinion on it. i think we can move on and uh wrap it up here thank you all for listening to the common geeking program again i've been your host jeff levitt uh, if you want to find me, uh, if this is something that you're into, I do a, a toy review YouTube channel that's called Alchemist Prime Reviews. And if not, that, that's fine. Uh, and again, I've been coined, I coined, I've been joined by Colin and Chowder. Uh, you guys have anything you want to toss out there? Yeah, um, I do a lot of other stuff here at Comic Geekin Program. My name is Colin Ketchin. You can find me at Sonic Colin K on social media stuff. But just recently, uh, I just did another edit for. Um, the folks over at The Greatest uh, Discovery, which is a very, very uh, big and successful Star Trek podcast. I got to do oh, an awesome. edit for them. Uh, the episode I did is called Zora Could Be Tubining, discussing uh, an episode, a very good episode of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, and I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, 
so I, I might get to do more work with them in the future, but uh, I did an episode with them, and it was very uh, good. Shit. Hey, I'm Taimu, or Chatter, whichever you prefer. Before I uh, slink off into the shadows to protect you from the dangerous life I live, uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Taimul Chowder. Uh, I'm also part of our sister podcast, Dice Populi. We're currently doing a story arc of my making, which is really ramping up. Uh, fun times there. Uh, and yeah, I'm. Uh, thank you for putting up with just my hyper energy. I just really like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, thank you all for listening, subscribing, sharing, and everything you do. I forgot to talk when our next episode is. Sorry. Our next episode of the Common Geeking Program will be a briefing program episode, which will be airing on the uh, the first Friday in... What month are we recording for? It will be airing on the first Friday in February, which will be the 4th. And then our next uh, proper geeking program episode will be on the third Friday in February, which will be the 18th. And uh, yeah, so thanks for listening, subscribing, sharing, and everything that you do. And we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Derp. Bye-bye. Derp. I'm just like prime for I got for that one before point. you. This episode of the Common Geeking Program was hosted by Jeff Levin, featuring Tamil Chaudhary and Colin Ketchum. Was this episode edited by me, Tamil Chaudhary? The Common Geeking Program was created by Jeff Levin and Colin Ketchum, with music by Colin Ketchum. This episode was brought to you by Chowder's Parental Issues. What's a superhero origin without parental issues? If you would like to know more about us, go to commongeekingprogram.com. You can also find us on Twitter, at Geeking Program. If you like what you heard, comment and share. It helps us out. And with that, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Ciao.